Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equip to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equip to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. We've been going through a parenting series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please let us know on Parenting Beyond the Rules. I thought it was important because the podcast has been going for a couple of years now. Thank you so much for tuning in. But we haven't actually gone through the book. So that's what we've been doing. We have a few more sections left that we're going to be recording. So make sure you stay tuned. It's great summer listening uh, or whenever you're listening. If you haven't gone and started at the beginning, it's okay because I wrote every chapter in Parent and Beyond the Rules to be a standalone chapter. So it's very point specific to whatever you're trying to address in your parenting journey with your children. So this week, we're going to talk about listening I have to tell you, after working with kids for 30 years, teens, college kids, middle schoolers, littles, the number one complaint that I hear and have heard for a very long time is, my kids don't talk to me. Now, what I hear from kids is, my parents don't listen. What a conundrum we find ourselves in, don't we? We want our kids to talk to us, and oftentimes, many of them don't. And we get into a little power play. Why don't you talk to me? I'm asking you questions. Why are you giving me one word answers? You get frustrated and then they get more frustrated, but worse, they withdraw and they say less. And maybe they go from I'm fine to an ignoring you or I don't want to talk or a grunt. It can be frustrating. I know. Well, that's why we're going to talk about listening. And I'm going to focus this on the parent side. How can we be better listeners so our children don't vocalize their deepest dreams, hopes, fears, struggles to someone else instead of coming to you? Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to or that it's wrong if your kids share their thoughts and dreams and hopes with others, but we really want our kids to talk to us because we want a relationship with them. There's going to be some areas you're not going to be invited into that conversation, especially as your kids get older, and that's okay. It's really okay. I'm going to give you some steps that you can take, some things you can consider that will help you improve your ability to listen and the way you communicate your listening style to your kids so that you are more approachable to them. So let's dive in. I hope you enjoy this section. I think you're going to like it. How many times have you felt listened to? How many times have you not felt listened to? Maybe you're trying to talk to your spouse or a girlfriend, and you can tell they're preoccupied. They've got something else on their mind. Maybe they're trying to get some work done, or we would call that multitasking. But there's something on your mind. It's important to you. And You don't feel like they're really giving you their full attention. Some people say, I'm not fully present. Well, that can be frustrating, can it? Imagine your children. You've got so much going on. 
and your kid comes in, maybe they're all excited. They just want to share some really happy news with you, or maybe they accomplished something they've been working on for a long time, and you're there. You're the one in the house. So they naturally want to run to you to tell you and share. They want you to share in their delight and joy or excitement or hurt or fear. That's a moment where you have a critical decision to make, and that is how are you going to be available? Now, obviously, if you're in the middle of a call or you're working and you have a deadline or you're you know, taking care of another child or maybe you know, there's something else going on in your life that keeps you at that moment from dropping everything so that you can fully listen to what your child has to say to you. That does happen, right? Well, here's what you do. If your child comes in and you're, say, in a a business call or you're in a planning meeting, you're taking care of something else that needs you to be fully present with that, look up at your child if you can, right? If you're, you're in a call, it might be a little harder, but and we'll talk about what you can do in that case. But if possible, look up and say, I'm on a call. I have a project. I'm trying to finish this project. I've got a few more minutes of this. I'll be with you. Can you give me five minutes? And wait for them to say, oh, okay. Or them to kind of have that discouraged look because now they're deflated. And then you say, is it really important? You know, some people say, if it's not bleeding or broken, don't interrupt. Well, we're talking about something much deeper. And that is being available for our children to listen. So I don't always adhere to the, if it's not bleeding or broken, don't interrupt me. When your child is excited about something or hurting over something, try to be available to them. And trust me, I am a mother of five. And now three of my children are married. And sometimes it's hard to be available when you have that many people. But you can make a way. You can come up with creative ways to let them know you're important to me. I want to hear what you have to say. I have to finish this, whatever it is, and I will be with you. Will you give me five minutes? Smile at them. Nod your head. Like, would you give me five minutes? and I'll be right with you. Just stay right there for a minute, or I'll come to you in five minutes. If you tell your child that, you stop at five minutes. You be reliable here. If you say you're going to be available, then don't make a promise you can't keep. So just say, I'm on a call for 30 minutes, or I have to finish this particular project, and it might take me X amount of time. If, if you can give me 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I'll take a break. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say, or I really want to hear what you have to say. It matters to me because you matter to me. Now, set that timer on your phone that is always close by your side, and, and you be good for your word. You know what happens when you do that? You build trust. They know that mom's word, dad's word, it means something that I can wait. I don't have to have exactly what I want the minute that I want it because I do live with other people and we're all important. And the work that we do and the, the parenting and the raising of a family, it's all important. So I can wait a few minutes. As long as I know if you've told me something, you're going to be good for your word. And if you can't, then tell them, I'm not sure when I'm going to be off, but as soon as I am, I'm going to come to you. And they may go away. And they might lose a little bit of the enthusiasm, especially if, let's say, they just got some test or something that they were working for. They just got selected for a team they were looking to play on, something that's really exciting to them. Or maybe their best friend has 
spread a rumor about them and they're heartbroken and and you know that's that's going to take a little bit more time. The other thing you can do is when they do ask you and you can't be available, ask them is it something we need to talk long about or just something you want to share with me just real quickly. You've immediately communicated worth and value. You've also given yourself an opportunity to know how much time do I need to block out here? Anything that involves emotions and heart and hurt, it's usually going to take a little longer for you to work it through and to listen to them. So that's what happens when, let's say, you're busy and they kind of burst on the scene. What if you can't be available for a while till the end of the day? Tell them, hey, well, we're going to go sit on the back porch or we're going to go for a walk and I want to hear all about it. I can't wait. See, they just want to know that you care and that you're interested in their lives. If it is possible for you, like say you're making food and you can peel vegetables, you can, you know, prepare a meal and still kind of have them pull up a chair and chat, then do that. Say, hey, you know what? I've got dinner to make. It's going to give us about 15, 20 minutes, maybe an hour. Pull a chair up. Let's chat. I want to hear what you have to say. When that happens, be careful that you're not just nodding with passive listening. Look up at them, look them in the eyes, ask more questions like, oh, wow, I bet you didn't like that, did you? Or, oh, man, I bet you were just so excited. See, we can listen as we go about our day without totally dropping everything to be available to our children so we can hear their hopes, fears, dreams, struggles. So there's different types of listening. Have you noticed I talked about the delayed where you can't, you can't just stop at that moment unless of course it truly is a serious accident or the act of listening of coming alongside while you're doing something or going for a walk. And then the other is when you've got to just stop and really focus on that child and what they have to say. The goal is for your child to feel listened to. Let's just say you have a, a situation where you know you haven't been available, or maybe you have been passively listening. Your children can tell the difference, can't you? You can tell somebody's really listening to you, like the, the real words behind what you're saying, and when they're not. But a good way to try to get your children talking and to improve your listening skills is for you to, to ask some leading questions about their friends. And why do I say that? Because their friends are important to them. We are relational beings. Whether it's someone they just met or someone they've known for several years, maybe it's a neighbor kid. When you show interest in their friends, your child will feel valued because what matters to them matters to you. The other thing is you can ask them what happened at whatever said event they just got home from or want to go to. Not from a defensive standpoint, but a true interest. Oh, no, no, I really want to know. And then the other type of question you can ask is, what are you going to do about that? When they're telling you a problem, they've got to make a tough decision, and they're trying to weigh the pros and cons. Your leading questions can be questions that help them go through the logical process of making good decisions, wise decisions, decisions that are in their best interest or in the best interest of their friend group. See, the the important thing to know is that meaningful conversations usually start, this is important, with unimportant questions, just regular routine kind of questions. 
if you can get your child about things that aren't important, you can segue into the deeper, more important topics that are weighing on their mind and heart in a very natural way, instead of just jumping right into it. You're easing into the conversation. But I will say, listening requires time, doesn't it? And I will say, time will not find you. You have to find it. Now, we've talked about being busy. You know, busyness is a huge hindrance to listening. Overscheduled, overcommitted, maybe too many things on the schedule for one day, or just maybe too many things weighing on your mind, and, and maybe they're n- you're not going anywhere. There's just a lot going on within the family that maybe that particular child doesn't know about, things with your parents or grandparents. Maybe there's things going on with your spouse, your significant other. Maybe, maybe there's things going on with another child, and let's say one child feels like Though they're not saying anything, they might feel internally like they don't matter. I want you to be aware of this. If your child, because of your busy schedule or because of other things that are going on in your life, if they don't feel like they can ever get a word in or that you're always preoccupied, they'll talk to someone else. They'll look to somebody else. And maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your parent, grandparent. Maybe it's a neighbor's parent. It's not that our kids can't talk to other people because there is wisdom in getting counsel from other people, but we do have to be very careful of that. We do want our children to kind of come to us, at least within the top five. I prefer to be closer than the top five, but sometimes it is that way. You can't beat yourself up, but you can make subtle changes to your approach to being available, removing the hindrances of busyness, and starting with unimportant conversations. So, My kids would always tell me, and I I think I wrote about this several times in different places, and I speak about this a lot, to be a better listener, you have to be intentional about it. You got to give them time to let them talk, and you've got to pay attention to what they're saying. See, as your kids grow up, they're not looking to you to be their problem solvers. They're looking to you to help them consider things in their problem-solving journey. Did you catch the difference there? Your goal is to listen. It's to listen about what's going on in your kids' lives, maybe your friends' lives, your spouse, a colleague. And unless they're asking you to solve the problem, to give them the three simple steps or four easy ways, unless they're specifically asking you what they should do, refrain from that being your go-to. You got to remember your kids have lived with you their whole lives. They pretty much know how you think, how you're going to react. If your answer is going to be yes or no, a lot of times they keep asking, hoping that this next time you'll give them a go. It'll be a green light. It'll be a, yeah, that's great. But your kids come to you already knowing a lot about you and how you react and how you think and what your values are. So. If you want them to talk to you, you're going to have to pull back some of that. Don't be so quick to talk. Don't be so quick to tell them, well, honey, all you have to do is this. Unless, of course, they're asking for that. When they ask, they're inviting you in to the decision-making process. And that is a rich, wonderful place to be. If they're not asking you, don't get offended. It doesn't mean they don't want to know what you think. They're coming to you. They already know what you think. Sometimes, some of your children 
They just want to have a safe place to share what's bouncing around in their head. They'll land in the right place. They'll make the right decision. Some kids just need the ability to just talk, externally process it all, hear themselves say what they're saying, and then they go back and they think on it some more. Ask them leading questions about that. So what do you think you're going to do? Why do you think they did that? What do you think your best options are? What are you considering? I did not say one word about, this is what I would do. They're not asking you yet. That's not your chance to jump in. And you know, why do we jump in? I think most of the time, honestly, it's because we really do care and we want to help. But sometimes we jump in because it is convenient. Remember what I said, listening takes time (laughs) and time is a precious commodity, isn't it? So if our kids come to us and we just immediately jump into this is how you fix that problem, we're actually doing a couple things. We're devaluing our kids and we're not giving them opportunities to implement all that you've been teaching them. Did you hear that? When we try to just jump in and solve their problems with three simple steps or addressing the situation immediately and trying to solve it and fix it, we're not giving our kids the time they need to kind of mull it over and come up with a conclusion. And at the end of your listening time, you can say, are you asking me for my help or do you just want me to listen and be sincere about it? And if they say, I just want you to listen, don't drop your shoulders. (laughs) Don't roll your eyes and like, oh no, this is going to be a really long conversation. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Do you want my advice? Or you just need somebody to talk to about it so that you can kind of like form your own thoughts and opinions and then develop and decide on what outcome or conclusion you're going to come to. Your child walks away from that conversation feeling empowered. You have just infused a big dose of confidence that you're going to come up with the right thing. And, And you know what? Let me know if you want to chat again, realizing that you haven't really chatted. If you want to chat again, come back. I'll listen to what your next set of thoughts are as you're working through solving this situation for your life. All you've done to them is said, I'm here. I'm able. I'm willing. I believe in you. I know you're going to come up with the right outcome. It may take you a little bit of time, but I'm not going anywhere. You can ask later, hey, what did you decide? Because your goal Remember I said is listening about what's going on with them? We listen to learn. We listen to resolve. And sometimes our technique of listening is actually more of a hindrance. And we don't want to do that. We want to remove the barriers that can cause our kids to not want to come to us. Whether that's an immediate reaction from you, an immediate verbal rebuke. Oh, that's silly. Why, are you, why would you think that? That's a dumb idea. That does not do anything for building the confidence within your child. And as much as possible when you're listening, even if they have crazy ideas, even if they're a tad foolish, as long as they're not dangerous, where someone could get hurt, they could get hurt, then let them work it out. Let them learn how to explain even what's going on inside of them. See, when one person is talking, they're learning, especially your children, they're learning how to form a thought and articulate it and communicate it in a way that it's going to land in the right place of another person's mind or heart. And when they're coming to you, they're trusting you. They're trusting you to be a good listener. 
And you build on this every year, every day, actually, every day, every conversation, you're building on it year upon year upon year until your children, you've turned the tassel and your children are out on their own. And the most amazing thing happens, y'all. Your kids will still call you and ask you whether it's so that they can externally process, which several of ours do. They're not wanting us to solve their business questions or they buy a house. They're not wanting us to tell them, okay, go fix this, get this paint color, you know, do this, do that. No, they're they're wanting to know, hey, am I thinking the right way? Is there something that I'm missing? And then you can share with them. Sometimes they just share with you because they want to hear you affirm them. That's great reasoning. Oh, I like how you're thinking about that. Let me know what you decide. We often discount the power of listening to another person that we deeply love. But if we remember how important it is, you know, we have two ears, one mouth. That means we need to be doing twice as much listening as talking. Some of your children are naturally going to chat about everything. They're just going to tell you everything, every thought that comes through their mind, in the mind, out the mouth. Okay, keep listening. You may have to put some boundaries again on time when you can. Some of your children, they're thinkers. They have to think about everything before they come to you. But when they do come to you, you can rest assured they have thought through this situation. What a beautiful opportunity for you to say, wow, you've really considered all the options, haven't you? Their esteem goes up. Their confidence goes up. Their belief in their own ability to solve a problem increases. And guess what? You're like the amazing one when you really didn't do anything but be available. So I hope as you go about this season, whatever age your child is, that you will take into consideration that listening takes time, that the goal is to learn about your children and help them learn to solve the problems facing them, that Listening is a skill, and you need to develop really good listening skills. And by your learning to practice good listening skills, <laughs> you inadvertently teach your kids, and they don't even realize, but you've modeled it. So continue to model the skill of listening to your kids. Don't overreact. Man, when they share something with you, and it could be like very shocking information, don't overreact. Watch your reaction. Watch your body language because they're reading you. God said we're an epistle known and read of all men. They're watching how you react and you're going to communicate volumes to them. Make sure you're communicating truth and love and respect and kindness. And if it's a serious situation, ask the Lord just to give you wisdom and knowing how to interject in a really tough, difficult conversation. Practice. Practice listening. You get it if you got kids. The more you have, the more practice you get. So become a listener that your children want to talk to. Do what you need to do to help your children realize you are available. Remove the barriers. Ask the questions. Remember to start with unimportant conversations that lead to deeper, meaningful conversations and have them frequently. Make sure you block off time. I promise you, I promise you, as they grow, they don't come to you as much. So you have an opportunity to help form and shape their thinking process while they're there so that when they are older, they will value your input. They will want to know what you have to say about something. And that's the most beautiful place to be in a relationship when your adult kids ask you for your thoughts or they share a struggle they're having knowing that you're going to pray for them. 
You're going to pray with them, pray over them, and just walk alongside them, sometimes being completely quiet so that they can share the thoughts and fears and hopes and dreams that they have. Well, I hope this episode was a blessing to you as we talk about listening. Uh, next week, we're going to talk, I'm just going to give you a little you know, advance uh, next week. Next week, we're going to talk about speaking, monitoring your mouth, and why the words we say are so powerful. Listening has a very key role to play in your parenting, in your relationships with your kids, and really with everybody. What you say can be life-giving or, or life-sucking. It can take things, it can destroy a relationship. So we're going to talk about that next week. So make sure you tune in. If you haven't subscribed to the Equipped to Be email, make sure you do. We send out a weekly email just kind of giving you the heads up on what the show is about. Uh, we usually will put the show notes in there and you can go to connieoppers.com where you'll see the full show notes. So I hope you scoot on over there and check that out. That wraps up this edition of Equipped to Be and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.